0: Ever wonder what your therapist is really thinking? Well, that's confidential. But in this podcast, a few of my therapist friends and me show you what it's really like inside of a mental health professional's brain. Hi, welcome to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. I'm Crystal Martinez Acosta, licensed professional counselor, board certified counselor. We discuss books, movies, TV shows, motherhood, current events clinical issues mental illness trauma and our own personal lives so if you want to know what we're thinking come on in take a listen come see what the world is like through the eyes of a therapist the podcast that destigmatizes mental illness humanizes therapists and demystifies therapy welcome back to the podcast we have a guest that you have heard before. Yay! I'm so excited. We have Elisa back on the podcast. Elisa D. That's what I was calling you in the
1: previous <laughs> episode. Oh yeah, it sounds very DJ like. It does sound very DJ like. Elisa
0: but,
1: D. What could we do? Sorry. <laughs> we need to add some DJ esque sound effects in there after my name. Maybe we can.
0: <laughs> I'll tell the the new editor be like Elisa D. Record okay, there yeah, record scratch. <laughs> record scratch. Yeah. It's so been a while. I, it has been a while and we're in person, which is so cool. We've only seen each other maybe twice in the past year and a half. Wow, it's a long time.
1: Right? In yeah. person? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, only um I think I came over like once.
0: Yeah. And we went to a bar for the first time. Oh yeah, the outdoor. The outdoor bar, uh-huh. yeah. right?
1: Once. Yeah, when we were hopeful this was going to end a little bit faster.
0: Right before the Delta variant right. thing came yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's
1: it. That's the only time I've seen you, really.
0: Mm-hmm. So why haven't we seen each other in a year and a half? Not because we hate each other, but because <laughs> of COVID-19 that hit in – well, at least it hit the United States in March of 2020, and in our area, that's in El Paso, Texas. We're in El Paso, Texas, which is a border town. It borders New Mexico, Mexico, and Texas. And we shut down in March of 2020. And so,
1: did you go out at all in March? Do you remember? I went nowhere. I went nowhere for about the first probably three months. I mean, not even for a quick, like, store errand because the way that my schedule worked out compared to my family's was that I was the person working during the week and everyone else was working mostly weekends. And so they would do the grocery shopping during the week because obviously there's less people. And so I really went not even to the store for the first, I, would, I think it was three months, because I remember finally eventually setting foot in Target and being amazed at how much everything had changed.
0: Oh wow! So even the grocery store was rearranged when you went back. And yeah, you're like
1: what the heck happened? Yeah, I hadn't seen it. So I the last time I went to the store was probably right before we completely shut down, and then when I went back, everything was different. So it was a little it was a little surprising. I mean, you know, because everyone else in my family had been going during the week, so they had been seeing the changes gradually. But for me, it was like just walked in one day and everything was different.
0: Oh my god! It's like that movie where people came out from underground. <laughs>
1: pleasantville or what, what what is that movie i don't know i don't oh, think i
0: saw that with one. brendan frazier they come out of like a nuclear <gasps> oh, bunker yeah. or something blast from the past there you go blast from the past <laughs> free blast from the past you come out it's like everything's different anyways okay yeah so i mean just to recap elisa is also a therapist she's a mental health counselor slash lcsw and so you got to work remotely from home and continue seeing your clients yes but
1: virtually Mm -hmm. yeah we went to virtual pretty quickly i have to say i think we did really well because we had to learn everything pretty much well like the rest of the world right suddenly everything was virtual and everyone had to figure stuff out fast like you know overnight how to work all that stuff and we did too we did as well we would log in remotely um, from home to our work computers and set up appointments, do our notes, uh, everything uh, remotely. I'm proud of us as just a, a unit, you know, that everyone worked together to make that happen, you know? Yeah.
0: And did you have clients, like, continue coming to therapy and all of that?
1: Or did some drop out? Or Yeah. In the beginning, I think it was ch- more challenging because I think people... Think back to March. We thought it was going to be temporary. I mean, very extremely short. Right. We thought let's we'll so, come back in two weeks. Yes. So since I've last been on the show, I actually work somewhere else. Um, I work at a university now. And so when spring break came around, we thought, OK, they're going to extend spring break and then we'll come back. Right. That's not what happened, obviously. And so I think because of that, the whole, oh, it's just going to be a couple of weeks, people kind of stopped for that for a while. And then when people realized this is going to be longer term, then they started coming back.
0: Right. Yeah. So they're like, oh, this is not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> this is a continuous yeah. shit show. Initially,
1: a lot of clients were like, I want to wait till we're in person again, right? But then they never came initially, you know, so... They were like, never mind, let's just do virtual sessions. And-
0: yeah, same. Yeah, some people who wanted to continue in person were like, I'm going to stay in person. We're going to continue going in person. Just put me on a wait list. But then the wait list like, kept going and going and going for like a year and a half. At that point, I was working somewhere else as well. And then once we started to kind of go back in person, I left that job and went completely to private practice. And now I'm just like 100% virtual. And I don't know if I ever want to go back to like an office setting, just considering my life circumstances now. So since the podcast last released an episode, I think I already had told everybody that I had my baby. So now he's about to be two. And so taking care of a toddler, for those of you who are parents, know what that's like. (laughs) And so that requires a lot of energy. And so having a home-based business is kind of nice, especially as a therapist. And if I have the privilege and opportunity to stay home, I think I'm going to continue to do that as as long as I can. Mm -hmm. Maybe until he grows up a little bit more, goes back to school or something. Then maybe I'll go and get an office somewhere. But probably not until like he's four or five, like preschool age, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting because I think the pandemic forced everyone to slow down and Mm -hmm. show people options like being in the office like boots on the ground kind of thing is not the only way to work right like everybody can work i saw this meme on it was meme or like a thing on instagram like a little graphic and it said if your employee learned how to make their salary working at home like they're not gonna go back to the office or something like that right because it's like Why are they going to go back if they learned how to work from home? They made it work for a year and a half. Right. It's like, why are you going to force them to go back? (laughs) If they were just as
1: productive, I don't know. I agree, but I think that the problem with us not, like, if we didn't go back, they definitely found that um, enrollment went down. Oh, like at the university? Yeah. Students prefer, Mm. I guess, in person. Not everyone. I wouldn't say everyone, of course, but many students didn't like the online learning They were pretty good with the online sessions, I have to say. I didn't really get any complaints or negative feedback about that at all. But I do think they struggled a lot more being productive and also just learning virtually. A lot of them, you know, are more they just switch off looking at a screen, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if then all of their classes are on a computer, right? They get tired. I mean, I got tired. I know everyone was struggling with just too many, being Zoomed out, so to speak, too many meetings and too many appointments.
0: Yeah, that is definitely a thing like Zoom fatigue, right? I think is what they were calling it for a while. Or is that a new term that we're going to just adopt now, I think, in society, (laughs) right? It is tiring to do therapy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Either
1: way, either either way, because sometimes you'd have... um, Sometimes we would have technical difficulties and we had no choice but to use a phone. you know. And oh, that's so hard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it worked. I have to say it did work. It was easier with people that were established clients, you know, and that you'd mm. had Zoom with Zoom sessions with before. Because you knew them, you kind of knew their mannerisms, their tone of voice, you could distinguish a little bit better, right? I, I would definitely say, though, if it was the first session you were having with that person, it would be really hard because we do rely a lot of on, on, like, body language and cues and nonverbals and stuff like that.
0: Right. I agree. I just haven't done therapy in person in such a long time that I don't even know what that would be
1: like yeah. anymore, you know? yeah. Well, the first I've had a in-person session since, um, and I have to say that I felt extremely uncomfortable the first time. (laughs) Yeah, and nothing was even wrong, or nothing was going on. I just was all uneasy. What do I do with my hands? Paranoid and just like, (laughs) what is this? How do I sit? (laughs) (laughs) What am I supposed to do? No, uh, it was weird, though. It was strange.
0: Yeah. Did you ever, when you were working from home? Wear pajama bottoms with a professional top.
1: Yes. Well, I wouldn't call them pajama bottoms because they were not, I didn't sleep in them, but they were like sweatpants. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I sleep in sleep shorts Mm -hmm. and I can't wear that. Even just me being at home during the day, my my legs just get cold. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I would change into the sweats, right? And then put on a work top.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I caught myself the other day, where did I go, like TJ Maxx or something, and I was just like browsing, and I'm like, I have not shopped for pants, like actual pants, Mm -hmm. in like a year and a half, like for what? I know. You know? And I kind of don't want to, but I started recently teaching at UTEP, so then I had to get, (laughs) I'm like, I need real pants, like I can't just wear leggings here, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, and you know when, uh, when the semester was starting and school was starting, you know there were no pants anywhere. There are no, I could not find pants. And I needed pants because I was going to go back in person. Oh, because
0: everybody was going back.
1: Yes. So everybody's like, oh, were, damn, I need pants. There are no pants to be found anywhere. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Now I could probably find some easier, but I struggled. I went to so many stores. Seriously? Yes. And then the other problem was they were not letting me try on clothes like there in person. So I would have to buy a bunch of pants, take them home, try them on, see if I liked how they fit. And then of course I was buying the wrong sizes because I don't even know my size anymore. So then I'd had to drive back to the same store like three or four times. It was terrible.
0: Which almost seems like even less hygienic, right? Because then you're like touching everything even more. Well, yeah, you're taking, taking it taking into it home your home.
1: Yeah. Just let us try on clothes. Right. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Come on, stores. <laughs> yeah,
0: so you're like, I already breathed on them and touched them and licked them.
1: Just kidding. Yeah, my dog laid on them. There's dog hairs. Right. Dog, white dog hairs on his <laughs> black pants. <Aww. laughs> It's like, why is there dog hair, cat
0: hair, (laughs) smells like cigarette? Just kidding. I mean, I know you don't smoke. I'm just saying like other people have probably done the same thing. (sighs) Oh, Walmart. These weird arbitrary decisions that they make about like... Okay, like no mask, but you can't take yeah. these home. Or you can't use well, our fitting yeah. room.
1: Yeah, and even the mall. Because I was going to the mall because you have more options, right? And I was already having a hard time finding pants, But even there, you couldn't try anything on. And so it's just such a hassle. But it was the great pad shortage of 2021, I guess. Mm.
0: Versus the great <laughs> toilet paper shortage of 2020. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Question. When you saw your client in person, were you guys wearing masks? Yes. Both of you? Both of us, yeah.
1: How did that go? I mean, obviously, it's strange. So, this is not a normal session, right? Um, right. Currently in person, we're mostly doing crisis sessions in person. Mm-hmm. So, it's different already. Because of the type of session that it is. But um, yeah, we were both wearing masks and it was okay. But since after that initial one, we transitioned to virtual. I mean, it was okay, I think. It is interesting though. I don't know. It's odd. It's odd to do it with masks. Yeah, because
0: like, okay, with virtual sessions, you're Mm -hmm. limited in looking at the client's body language If they have cuts on them or bruises or if they're fidgeting their feet or if they have an injury or something, right? Mm -hmm. Or if they look nervous or shaking their leg or whatever. But if you're in person, you're really limited if they have a mask because then you can't see their facial expressions, which is a huge way to communicate emotion. Mm
1: -hmm. So then
0: it's kind of like... How are we reading this person's emotion? Or if they have an incongruent affect, right? So like if they're showing happiness on their face with smiling, but they're saying that they're sad or they're saying that they're angry, that's something that therapists look for. So then it's like, how do we do that when people have masks, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's challenging for sure. I I mean, I think definitely I learned a lot. I just learned to do a lot of things that I never really thought I would have to do. I think all of us kind of figured out. It was almost like, you know... Not having a certain sense and being forced to use other senses in some ways, you know? Yeah.
0: Like if one of your senses is dampened, the other ones are enhanced. Yeah. Like for survival or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting.
1: And I think it helped me personally just because of my background being, you know, previously I did teach and it was in literature, you know? And so I think that helped me because if I was on the phone only or something else... Um, I could make really good use of a metaphor or a picture and that person would be able to see it, you know, even though they're not in front of me physically, they would get it still. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. So
0: like storytelling or using other tools... To get your point across, right?
1: So I do this anyway, simply because that's just me and my style of how I paint pictures for people, and people paint pictures for me as well when they're talking, right? So, but I think I relied on them more, and you know, and I would check in though, because not everyone thinks in that way, or not everyone thinks in figures of speech or similes or metaphor, right? But I would verbally check in to see if that made sense or if they knew what I meant, Mm -hmm. and to just get comfortable, or to see this is working, yes, or no, i have to try a different way
0: mm-hmm. yeah so then it's like forcing you to communicate a little bit more verbally right <laughs> because if you can't see their body language see if they're getting bored or if they're checking out yeah. you have to be like hey excuse me <laughs> <laughs> Uh
1: is this working for you? Right, right. Yeah. Or especially when I'd have those phone sessions too, you know.
0: Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking of when you were talking. I was remembering I had a couple of clients that I never actually met either virtually or physically in person. Those were so challenging for me because and they happened to be, you know, really people who had really acute symptoms. Mm -hmm. which made it even more challenging. So then it was kind of like, and then their age and the culture gap kind of thing where they didn't have, you know, like a working knowledge of computers and email and stuff like that. So we had to exchange stuff over like mail, like snail mail and things like that. It was so interesting because it was like, We had to really engage the problem-solving parts
1: of our brains to... I hadn't really thought about that because since all of my clients are students, right, Uh, generally they tend to be younger, but uh, they just had to be just technologically versed to a degree, right, because they are required to be in class virtually. Mm -hmm. So if I had issues, usually it would be they had connection issues or something else, but they generally knew how to use technology. But I hadn't even thought, I guess where I worked before, a lot of my clients would not have been able to go on Zoom or another platform.
0: Right, because then there's not just like being versed or savvy – It's
1: like access, right? Right, access. Or
0: even like Mm -hmm. able-bodiedness, right? Yeah,
1: I think we would have had to use the phone a lot more there. Yeah. Quien sabe? I don't know. I don't even want to think about that. (laughs)
0: Let's not. Let's not. Let's move on.
1: Um, (laughs) It also makes me
0: think of, I don't know, let's move on.
1: So, actually, I wanted to ask you a specific question because, um our, again, our situations are different, right? And also, like, um what our families look like are very different. So, I was just wanted to ask you, what was it like just starting the pandemic and then, you know, going through it, having a very young child? What was that like?
0: Oh, my gosh. Well... That's a good question. So we had Owen about six months before the shutdown, right? So he was about six months old and everything was like, okay, everybody stay home. And in some ways it was a blessing in disguise because I got to spend more time with him at home. So even though we had to kind of like move childcare at home, like, you know, just keep him home in general, that was nice because I got to work from home. I could kind of hear him in another room, like crying or in between sessions or at lunchtime, I could like play with him, feed him, have more access to him in general. But I think as time went on, I started to realize like, oh, this is going to have a bigger impact on him, I think, developmentally than just oh look at all the access I have to him now so mm-hmm. I think at first it's like oh this is a nice like break and blessing in disguise sort of thing like I get to yeah. spend time with him but now it's like oh shit <laughs> like this is a little bit scary right. um, because this is like a global trauma but also like it did put everything on standstill mm-hmm. and I'm trying to have him experience the world safely Yeah, right because things that I really would have liked him to do I think are still not accessible so for example like when I was really little a toddler like one two years old my mom would take me to the library every weekend and we would go and like they would have story time and crafts and a snack and whatever and I really wanted to take him to do that but the public libraries in El Paso aren't even open yet bars are open but the public libraries aren't open so it's like oh no you know yeah um all the Montessori schools that I know of Have, like, full enrollment.
1: Like, too late. Oh, no. You know? So it's
0: like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to have him catch up developmentally Mm -hmm. and experientially to a somewhat normal range? So we have to be kind of creative and, I don't know, like, think outside the box, but also... I'm okay with keeping him at home because I understand that not a lot of parents get to experience what I'm experiencing with him at home. Because otherwise, yeah. if the world would have just kept going as it would have like, quote unquote, normally, right? Like I would have been working a 40 hour a week job. Right. Um. I probably, I probably would have been in private practice, but I would have been outside of the home. Because right. at that point, uh, pre-COVID, I think I was only, s- I don't think I had the concept of like doing virtual sessions. Like I knew that it was there, but it wasn't something that was like widely accepted in the therapy world. So I would have been working outside of the home, probably putting him in a daycare, coming home, like tending to him in the evenings and then like working in the week on the weekends, you know? So I think I would have missed out on a lot of like moments. So it's just like that balance of like, okay, let's catch them up and
1: like, I don't yeah. want them to miss out on stuff. Yeah, that's interesting because I think that all of us knew virtual services existed like on apps and stuff, right? And on uh, those services where you, I guess, pay per month or something like that, right? Yeah, like BetterHelp and all those. All those. Mm-hmm. And um, But I don't think any of us thought we we would be doing that all of us at home with people who live in our vicinity, like in our area, right? Because in your head, it doesn't seem like, why would I have to do that? You know, in your head, it doesn't make sense to do. But then this made it all, oh, actually, we can do it. It is doable. Uh, and and people in your area want to do it to a degree. I mean, maybe some people do prefer in person, but a lot of people like it because then they don't have to drive or they don't have to take time off work either. Exactly. You know, but yeah, I think we we knew it, it was a route but most of us had not really done it that much exactly
0: yeah and the feedback that i've gotten about virtual services from the clients that i have now i mean has been mostly positive you know otherwise they just kind of like drop out or they're like nah you know i tell them up front i'm only doing virtual and i don't know when i'm gonna get an office mm-hmm. and they're like oh, okay no thanks like the people who don't want it they just don't sign up right but if they know like oh i want a trauma therapist or i know who crystal is like i guess i'll see you in- virtually like i don't have a choice well yeah no, you don't <laughs> sorry <laughs> like i'm only doing virtual yeah um but, yeah, people, like, can see me in their pajamas. I mean, please show up within, re- like, with
1: appropriate boundaries. <laughs>
0: like, not in your bathroom or, like, naked. You know, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: my God. You know, all those uh, mishaps that have been virtual, I mean, had been trending last year. All those Zoom meeting mishaps and Oh, my stuff. God.
0: Like, the potato face thing. Yes. And like,
1: yeah. <laughs> and I just. I'm not the kind of person that is comfortable, like you'd said, like just being in shorts or underwear, right? Like a lot of people were. Yes. There's just no way that I would feel comfortable doing that because... What if the camera falls off of your computer? Exactly. What if you stand up to get a piece of paper and you forget? What if... My mind is just too paranoid to ever do that. Yeah. I'm just assuming you can see all of me all the time. Right.
0: <laughs> so no, I agree. This is how we avoid this. You know yeah, like I mean? just... Be presentable from your belly downward all the time. (laughs) All the time.
1: Yeah. I don't want... Because we're human beings. We're going to forget. We're going to get distracted. Or, you know, like I said, the camera's going to fall off. My dog's going to knock it off. I don't know. Something's going to happen. And I just want to know that no matter what happens, I'm fine with what I'm wearing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's covered. Yeah. Those other people, they're very confident (laughs) in themselves and that nothing's going to go wrong. Yeah, like that yeah. news anchor
0: on, like, I don't know if it was Good Morning America or something. And, like, the camera was angled just a little bit downward and you could see, like, his boxers. Like, he was, like, it was, like, the work mullet thing. Yeah, like, yeah. party on the bottom, <laughs> professional on the top. But then, like, his shirt wasn't tucked in or, like, you know, it was covering his legs. But you could see, like, his boxer shorts. It
1: was like, right. oh, my God, no! <laughs> And I just don't walk around my house in my underwear. I just don't personally. Nothing wrong if you do. You do you. <laughs> I do me and I, I don't, I don't do that. You know, so many reasons mosquitoes and heats and just random things, you know, but, but, uh, yeah. You Cacti laying yeah, around. Oh. Everything, everything.
0: <laughs> what? But also if a client, you know, like you're on virtual session, your camera falls over. You never know, man. A client know. could get triggered by something like that get yes. sued for malpractice. Like, it's yeah, not worth it. I know. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Mm-mm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but the clients on the other hand. So, like, let's say a client comes up and they're like oh hey and this has happened to me before like j- I'm not gonna out my client obviously or clients but like I have had mishaps in-, in session where I you know like I have to set boundaries right but like let's pretend like hypothetically I'm gonna ask you a question let's pretend the client gets onto session and they're like I don't know on the toilet what
1: would you tell them I would tell them to go ahead and turn off the sound in their camera and then I'm gonna give them five minutes and then we'll come back to the session okay yeah
0: I think I would just like log off like I wouldn't say anything would you
1: (laughs) well i don't know if i could just log off though because then that person could be like they didn't have a session but you work for yourself i think you can log just
0: log off that's true but then it can't go unaddressed so maybe just logging off would have consequences as well right yeah i would just address it like right there right there pee and and everything going on in the background
1: i mean i guess you could i could just (laughs) shut it off but then you have to come back Well, but wouldn't that person be moving towards and I could see them? You know what I mean? Like, what if they were like, like they start the session? Yeah, they're like, okay, like I'm peeing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, obviously, that would be more difficult. Or call me when you're done. Yeah, basically. Like, okay. Basically, yeah. No, I was thinking if they were like moving toward like carrying the laptop towards. Yeah. I'd be like, no, call me later. But they just log on like that. No, I'd be like, call me back later. Okay, thanks. Bye. (laughs) What about, like, uh, okay, these are all hypothetical.
0: They have not actually happened to me. Okay, FYI, everybody. Just saying, these are just
1: silly, but potentially real
0: things that could have happened in other people's lives. I'm just saying, I don't know.
1: Um, I'm sure some therapist has had whatever you're going to mention happen to them. I'm sure there's someone somewhere that has had this happen, just right? because things happen, you know? Yeah,
0: it's like that disclaimer at the end of the Simpsons episodes, like... yeah. <laughs>
1: These descriptions do not actually, like, what
0: does it say? I don't know. Anyways, Um, what if, okay, like, what if a client is, like, eating their food in session? Are you okay with that?
1: I've never had that happen. Really? Yeah. I think I have, you're making me realize, like, my clients are very well behaved. But uh mm-hmm. I have not ever had that happen. No. I mean, is it disruptive to the set? I guess it just depends, right? i I think most of the time we would, if you have problems with someone, I would just tell them a blanket statement of, you know, we want you to come to session as if we were in person, you know, and so you don't want to use your whole session on eating. I mean, you can, but you will lose a lot of time. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they will not be able to take the best advantage of their time. But no, I, I never had that either. No. Okay. What if a client were to come to session, like shirtless? Same thing. I would just say like, if you would not show up to campus like that, you can't show up to session. Later. You know, just pretend we're in person. Please <laughs> pretend we're in person right now. Just pretend you're in, in, in a public space, right? Because, uh, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. When would you give them that blanket statement? Well, because mine were all so well behaved, I never really had to give that blanket statement. But I think that um, the only thing I would have happened, and this is, I mean, many people, many, many, many people, and it was never anything that was so bad that it was an issue. But a lot of people sat on their bed during session, just sat there. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, which is fine because a lot of times they don't have any other space to be in that's private. You know, so a lot of time, so I wouldn't, you know, it didn't bother me. But if they would then like lay down with holding the laptop up, the, the camera up, like laying down <laughs> in session. Yeah. Just kind of aiming the camera at themselves, you know, just laying there. I would probably ask them to sit, <laughs> but uh, no, I never, you know, all the other stuff that you're mentioning, I never really have. did any. Did you have any mishaps during your virtual sessions?
0: I did. Yeah. And it was just a matter of like, okay, you know, like you said, this is a space where you would be expected to show up, like if you were in person with me mm-hmm. and let's talk about this. Yeah, and, You
1: know, I did have it that there were construction noises actually at my house
0: or oh. construct
1: like um what do you call it like, like jackhammer yeah like jackhammer. <laughs> oh, wow that's yeah, loud <laughs> I know I-, I was so glad that it was way on the other side of the house but it was so loud you could kind of still hear it and I was just like oh my god I apologize for the loudness in the background
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but thankfully it only lasted like a day or two and that's it oh that's good yeah
0: Yeah, I think, like, sometimes you can't help distractions, right? Like, dogs barking. And I'll warn my clients, like, sometimes my dogs will bark and they'll be in another room, hopefully, at the time or something. Or my, you know, I'm expecting the doorbell to ring because there's, like, a something. And hopefully it's not, like, an EMDR session or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God. But, you know. People are typically understanding. They're like, "Oh yeah, me too." Like, here's my dog, and then they'll pick up their dog. Be like, "Look, my dog." Oh, I've met so many cute little pets. So, so other cute.
1: other than just the fact that we all had to stay home, did you change other things? About your life during the pandemic? I mean,
0: I definitely don't drive as much. Yeah. I think I cook... Wait, do I cook more or do I cook less? I discovered DoorDash, which is like amazing. I never go grocery shopping anymore because I get them delivered now, which is like, I don't know if that's good or bad. You know what? But with a toddler, gotta say, makes life easier. Yeah.
1: What about you? (laughs) Well, one thing we have kept up still to this day, even though it's not... I mean, there are other things we could be doing, but... So pre-pandemic, we have a really nice backyard. Mm -hmm. It's nice. You know, it's a nice area of grass. There's shade because there's an enormous tree that actually belongs to our neighbor behind us. But the way the angle that it's at is so that once the sun, once it's like 3 p.m., we start getting shade in the yard. Uh. And so the area where we sit is most of the time it's in the shade. Got it. So what we started doing was we would in the evenings or once it was cooler or shady, we would sit outside but like every day oh you know ooh, and nice. pre pandemic we never sat outside ever it was like only if we were having a barbecue or a cookout something like that but we have all we could have like you know a table we had chairs we had some loungers you can lay on and stuff and uh, we'd never be out there unless there was like something go- like an event happening oh okay but we started just being outside you know, and we started noticing so many things. Like, do you know there's bats every evening in the neighborhood? What? <laughs> there are bats. There are bats at night. As soon when the sun goes down, uh-huh. like around sunset time, bats come out, and they're so cool to watch. And the little hummingbirds and how territorial they are, and they like uh, chase each other away from the feeders. Mm-hmm. They're like fighting. You know, oh my god. Yeah. Well not super violently, but Humber now they chase combat. each other. Yes. <laughs> and then they're little uh they do like little mating flight things that are pretty cool to watch and um, we started paying attention to all the little plants growing and planted more and stuff so that was really nice because it kind of um you know being inside and working in one room all day by the time you're off of work you do not want to be in that room anymore but where do you go if that's your bedroom right so there's not really a lot of places to go so we would all go outside and we would like all meet up outside And we'd hang out and water and just look up and notice a lot of hawks. There are a ton of hawks. Oh, my gosh. A ton of hawks in the area. And they do formations and they kind of all fly in a circular pattern. It's really cool. It's really cool to watch. It made me really appreciate, I think. Um, There's so much going on around us that we think we don't have because we live in a city. But I realized that we just weren't aware of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. We weren't paying attention to it made you
1: more mindful and aware of what what you've got Mm -hmm. yeah like more grateful that's interesting and we still do it like everyone will take something out with them like a coloring book or um you know my mom really enjoys this like decorating game she has on it we put for her on her tablet and she'll like to play her little game outside or we were constantly you know we felt just kind of penned in or just kind of I don't know what the right word is, but just like... Like cooped up. Cooped up. Thank you. Yeah. Just cooped up all day in one place. And it helped you feel like I'm somewhere else now. This is a different space.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Can we also talk about how that maybe was probably not healthy? One of my goals with the podcasts is to humanize therapists, right? Like to... I think in order to destigmatize mental health, part of that is to make mental health professionals more accessible and more human. And so that people see us as just regular people that they can come and talk to who have a little bit more knowledge, right? Like we went to school and stuff and like maybe we have special empathic healing powers. Just kidding. <laughs> maybe we have some sort of special capacity or heart or something. That maybe got passed down from ancestors or maybe whatever you believe in like spiritually has happened to us that maybe we have a gift or something, right? But we are here to listen, but we also have human experiences, which is what gives us like insight and awareness to other people's problems. And so I think we should probably talk about how COVID affected helping professionals. I mean, aside from doctors and nurses, I feel so bad. I was watching this show called Lenox Hill and I went on like a little mini rant on Facebook live after I finished watching the last episode because like it made me cry because they were talking about like, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's on Netflix. It's. Um, medical show. Oh, I'm not sure. Keep going. It's like a reality show where they follow around a few doctors from different departments in a hospital called Lenox Hill in New York City, um, and follow their stories and how they do patient care, mostly like neurology and OBGYN and like an emergency. And then at the end, they have a special episode about the pandemic and when it started And it was really impactful because they talk about how everybody from all the specialized departments ends up going and helping, Mm -hmm. like, with COVID stuff. Like, too bad the end, like, everybody has to go and help with the influx or whatever. So they're talking about how, like, they were seeing, like, a bunch of death and dying and, like, it was just really traumatic, right? And so that's still going on. Like, we can't forget that we're still in the middle of a pandemic, even though people be misbehaving, (laughs) Like we're not in the middle of a pandemic, but anyways, they're on the front lines and they would be considered like frontline, like boots on the ground workers. But I think therapists and social workers, people who serve in the mental health space would be considered invisible frontline workers Mm -hmm. is which that's what I read. And I agree because we are listening to the frontline, frontline people stories And the people who were affected by COVID, like personally, who got sick, who were hospitalized. And we're absorbing all the trauma, right, from everybody else. And then we have our own trauma. So then, like, if we need a therapist, we have to go to our own therapist. So then your therapist probably has a therapist, which is your grand therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So there's a lot of that going on. And I think COVID affected mental health professionals in a special way. It was, I think, interesting because it was like, how do we hold space
1: for people? Right. When we are terrified as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that meme? I'm thinking of this meme that I saw the other day that said, like, how do therapists even deal with clients who are like, oh, yeah, 2020. And then the guy's face is like, and then it says, like, <laughs> me too, right? Because yeah. they're, like, traumatized also. Because, <laughs> like, we're all traumatized. Right, right.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a hard year. It was a hard year. Um, my family is actually in healthcare. care. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of family in healthcare, right? So I was worried for everyone. And for me personally, it just felt like not when are we going to get sick. I mean, not if, but when. And that was That's still, really terrible. It's terrible. But I was trying to be, I think, in my head realistic because I thought there's just no way that, you know, I'm in a house and I've got family working in home health and I've got family working in a nursing home, right? So those are the places where the home health maybe not quite as much, although also, but definitely a nursing home. One sick person there, it spreads like wildfire, you know? And I was just worried for my family you know and obviously for my I'm not gonna be like oh I wasn't scared for myself you are but you're you know maybe it's also a trauma response to wait for other people first you know to kind of kind of displace that worry you have for yourself Mm, maybe but uh but I was just convinced I'm just waiting and I'm here and that was a big reason as well why I wasn't going anywhere you know because I really felt that it was gonna be in my house at some point last year and that You know, I needed to be, take care of everyone and just not be around them because how do I know if I have it? Right. And so that was the really stressful part, especially around May when it did start going through nursing homes and everyone was sick and all the staff were either sick or left you know and and you know uh, my mom works in a nursing home and I told her look if you don't want to be there you don't have to be there like I'll pay the bills whatever but you know my mom didn't want to leave she said no I'm not going to leave all the patients I'm not gonna quit working and she kept going she was one of the few people who stayed the whole time and we were fortunate last year that nobody got sick Sick. I don't know how still, but that was the stress level where, you know, I'm trying to contain that and then I'm trying to be in session, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I have to hear, obviously, people have stuff going on. They've got their trauma. And then I'm over here like, oh, my God, you know, my family's in an environment that's very unsafe mm-hmm. all the time, every day. And I'm not going to be able to avoid that. right? Know? So it was, it was very strange, kind of a weird headspace to be in where you're just juggling stuff. And you're trying to just keep it in the air to a manageable degree, you know. And Your ways of decompressing are so limited. I think that's why we went outside. Like, where else could you go, you know, (laughs) other than going outside or, you know, it was a very stressful time and everyone was on edge all the time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: It's a lot to think about all at once. Caring for your family members who's going to get sick. My family members who que no hacían caso, it was like, Stay inside. Stop licking doorknobs. What are you doing? Basically, Jesus, dude. It's like, come on, man. You know? But yeah, and then you just have to kind of keep on trucking. For sure. It's crazy. It's just wild. Sorry, I'm trying to stay away from that word.
1: No, and... and, (laughs) You know, and even my extended family as well. My aunt's a nurse in a regular hospital, and my grandma lives with her. I mean, I was just like... Oh, (laughs) no. Oh, my God, I was just... And you know what I mean? And I couldn't tell her, bring her here, because we were in the same boat. It wasn't safer. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, let's just not think about it. Yeah. You know, just trying not to overthink, but, you know, me being the person that I am. And a lot of us just naturally will think about that stuff, right? We're trying to prepare ourselves mentally and stuff. and, And my way of kind of trying to cope or be helpful is just trying to Be prepared in the ways that you can be or try to help in the ways that you can. But um, that's what makes me feel better about things is if I can do something about it, that makes me personally feel better. You know, but of course, I know no matter what, I can only do so much. Control what you can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So now we are in 2021. It's a little better, I guess. It's a little better. But we're still in the pandemic.
1: Yeah. At least we have vaccines. Right. Which do make me feel better because at least now I think, well, um, even if some other variant comes along, at least we have a level of protection. Right. And so that made me feel better for sure, especially having so much family in healthcare, I just want them to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
0: I agree. So last thoughts about anything 2020 2021
1: last thoughts uh it's not over yet i can't have a last thought (laughs) i know right it's like let's not get too carried away now everyone it is more i don't know why though but this year feels a little bit more manageable it just feels less stressful
0: it is less stressful i agree with you yeah for sure however i think that there is more of an influx of people that we're seeing in general would you agree? Like more oh, people yeah. are signing up for therapy? Yeah.
1: So I'm seeing this across the board as far as clients across the board. I'm hearing a lot of low motivation to do things, uh, school-related things. A lot of uh, low motivation, low energy, not wanting to look at anything work or school-related, not wanting to respond to any texts that are work or school-related. I feel like there's just collective exhaustion. mmm like a sense of like burnout. Exhaustion. Yeah. Just everyone feels like they are burnt out and like they just it feels like they used up all their energy last year and they're running on fumes.
0: Well, makes sense, right? Because if you're hypervigilant, in crisis for a long period of time, your adrenal glands, your cortisol, like everything in your brain, your survival brain is going on overdrive for a long period of time, chronic stress, right? Then once you start to like relax or like, okay, that's over. I'm safe now. It's like your body can relax. It's like, oh, I'm tired. Like I want to relax and like decompress now. It's like, I don't want to do anything.
1: Yeah, for it sure. Totally I don't sense. know what you're seeing now.
0: I think it's a mixture of things. I think during the pandemic, it was more like existential crisis. Mm. Like, okay. what does my life mean? <laughs> what is my <laughs> life's purpose? Like, I want to quit my job. Oh, like interesting. I want to use my retirement money. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do with my... Life, my family, my job, mm-hmm. my marriage kind of mm-hmm. stuff, like mm-hmm. meaning of life things. And then now it's more like, I think back to the general like anxiety, depression, I've had standing medical issues or mental health issues. And now yeah. I'm going to deal with them. I'm not going to ignore them anymore. I've had history of trauma. I want to deal with it now. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. I think I've been seeing a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I think that shows that you're probably the majority of your clients are a bit older than mine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've stopped seeing like kids and like adolescents. Now they're like young adults and like adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I, you know, because I do predominantly see basically all college students. There's just a lot of stress in being with their family Mm 24-7. And for a lot of students, their outlets were school activities, going to class, going to work. And then all that was gone, right? Oh, yuck. And they were just <laughs> left with, okay, now we have to deal with each other and we don't communicate that well with each other, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, stressful for sure. And and things are, were um, really tense at home, but it seems like they're a little bit happier now that they're out a little bit more, but still trying to deal with everything, all the after effects of the pandemic.
0: Yeah, definitely. And a
1: lot of people had a lot of loss, you know, a lot of loss.
0: Yeah. Everybody out there, be gentle with yourself. We're still in the middle of this. Absolutely. So do
1: what you got to do to be well. And, you know, I'm telling everyone, this is just the year of self-compassion. Don't expect, you know, yourself to be extremely productive or extremely anything. Just be patient with yourself. And if you're nervous going back out into the world... That's okay. You know, just acknowledge the feeling and be like, you know what? I'm feeling a little nervous doing this or doing that. And acknowledge the feeling and, and be patient with yourself. I agree. I love self compassion.
0: It's basically just like not bullying yourself, right? For sure. It's like you would not say these mean things that you say to yourself, to your best friend or to somebody that you've just met. Right? Exactly. It's like, so don't be an a hole to yourself.
1: Be yeah. nice to yourself. And we won't say things to ourselves like, you need to just stop. You need to just get over it. You need to just move on. You need to just move forward already need to just do that you know and a lot of times we can't we're not able to you know and so it's okay to be like you know i'm all right take my time i'm gonna take my time i'm going to you know um go slow and be patient and eventually i will get to doing the things that i wanted to do again yep
0: i agree elisa d dj sounds what do we say
1: (laughs) record scratch
0: (laughs) record scratch elisa d record scratch thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast we hope that you all found this fun and informative and enlightening. If you have any questions for us, reach out on Instagram or Facebook. Ooh, yes, reach out. Maybe we could do one where
1: we just answer questions.
0: <gasps> answer questions, answer questions. Ask us
1: stuff. We love those. We'll try to answer the we'll best try to we answer. Can. <laughs> Yeah,
0: As long as they're appropriate, okay? Well, yes. do we want to censor people now? Anyways. So go to Through the Eyes of a Therapist pod on Instagram and submit your questions. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And please connect with me, Crystal Martinez-Acosta, licensed professional counselor, on Instagram at Through the Eyes of a Therapist pod. More information about booking me for therapy or training can be found there. Until next time, keep on fighting the stigma and go to therapy. I'll see you next time.